Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch The Going Live Show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um, the public defender. That was her uh, main gimmick on the uh, show. That was the main character she played, and she did that quite a few times. And if you saw the um, Hood Exorcist sketch, uh, she played the mother in the sketch. Like, I played the, uh, the priest that was trying to, you know, get the demon out of her son in the sketch. Uh, she played the mom, and I played the priest going, the power of Christ compels you. Like, that was me. Well, sadly, this past Last Christmas Eve, uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show. Now, the good news is she is not hurt physically. The bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well. And she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can, you know, get back to selling merch and get out there performing. And what I'm gonna do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase phrase it. So this is on her GoFundMe page. Hey y'all, so I got carjacked. I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times, but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for. I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show. Comedy is now the majority of my income, so my car was very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which was another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world. Lutes. Files. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel 
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Booch Cast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Booch Cast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude, dude? That's just to speak the broke soldier. That's God, dude, speaking. I'm not that broke, Vinny. This car was absolutely boring as a motherfucking thing. <laughs> what the fuck was this? Boring as shit. Boring, 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 But, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dude, do this. Um, earlier today, that I, I uh, texted Mr. Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. the Bucci here, that this is fucking boring as shit. He's like, oh, don't get me started. You, you said that you're not in the best of moods. Mr. Vinny Bucci, why are you not in a good mood today? Well, Zach, that's a very good question. Uh, deserves an answer. Ladies and gentlemen, um... As you guys know, we try to divulge and not talk about main roster stuff here on the Boochcast. But in light of things that have gone down over the last several days, we kind of have to. I have to. I don't have a fucking choice. I have to. As you guys know, the WWE has had their draft. I can honestly say this is one of the worst fucking drafts I have ever goddamn seen. For a variety of reasons. Now, because we are the NXT show, I will address my NXT issues in the beginning, and then we're going to get to the rest of the draft that made me so fucking angry. Um, first off, I ex- there were certain people that I expected to be drafted. One group of people I expected to be drafted were, one person that should have been drafted was not. But we lost, ladies and gentlemen, a fuck ton of NXT stars. This draft pretty much raped, pillaged, and plundered the NXT roster of most of its talent. It starts off with Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Now, apparently the NXT stars did not know they were going to be drafted. They were genuinely surprised, which is fine. I'm all for that. But here's my question. I don't know how long ago this draft was planned. I don't know how much long-term plan is done in the WWE anymore. But if you knew you were going to bring them to SmackDown, if you knew they were ready to go to SmackDown, why would you make them champions? Why are you drafting NXT champions to the main roster while they still have their belt? 
nuts. What the fuck good does that do? Those women's tag team titles have no value on SmackDown. Now, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, their titles have value on Raw and SmackDown. But now that the NXT has their own women's tag team titles, there's no reason for them to go to the main roster with those belts. Why would you have them take them from Fallon Henley and Kiana James and put them through their bullshit storyline? What was the fucking point? And then here's what's even dumber. They decide to have Caden Carter and Katana Chance challenge them for a tag team title match. The match we'll talk about a little bit later on in this recap. But then, right after they challenge them to this fight, they get drafted to Monday Night Raw. So now, we have an NXT Women's Tag Team Title main event. Apparently, this was the fucking main event. I don't even want to get started on that. And you have two teams fighting, neither one of which will be on NXT next week. So basically, no matter who wins this match, the NXT Women's Tag Team title belts are going to go bye-bye. They're going away. They're gone. They're fucking off to parts unknown. Unless you plan on bringing them to Battleground to drop the belts there, which is what I would have done if I was going to call up champions. I wouldn't have them leave right away. I'd be like, look, I know the thing goes into effect, but let me keep them here for a few weeks, have them drop the belts, and then let them go to SmackDown. Be like, hey, you can't draft your champions like this. Now with Raw and SmackDown, it's different. With NXT, it's its own thing. You can't do that the way you flip-flop the Raw and SmackDown women's titles. That's another fucking thing. They've done this shit again with Bianca and Rhea Ripley. So now, one of two things has to happen. Either both these ladies drop their titles at Backlash, which should not fucking happen because Rhea Ripley is not even close to being ready to lose that title. She literally just beat the false flair, and now you wanted a job to fucking Zelina Vega? Kill all her fucking momentum? And I know people want Bianca to drop the title because she's the S-T-A-L-E of WWE, her title reign is stale as fuck, but I don't want her dropping it to Oscar 3.0. If y'all don't know, that's EO Sky. Most of you are wondering who's 2.0. That's Kyrie Sane when she was there. And then just when this thing couldn't get any more dumber, the next call up is Indy Hartwell, the NXT Women's Champion. So if you're gonna call her up, why not have her drop the title in the triple threat match that we had last week? And most of you are probably thinking, well, maybe they didn't want to make Indy look weak. Motherfucker, it's a triple threat match. Tiffany Stratton could have pinned Roxanne Perez won the title, and have a solid heel run with the belt. And then Indy could leave. It's so fucking simple. And then she could have came out and gave the speech that we'll talk about a little later in the show. And I knew Indy at some point was getting called up because they were going to put her and Dexter Loomis together, which makes sense because both of them are on Raw, which was smart not to break up Index because that's an over-fucking couple in WWE. We learned that at Stand and Deliver. But why give her the belt if she was getting called up? Why not have her drop the title? Again, makes no fucking sense. And we'll into more about why this makes no fucking sense a little later in the show. I'll address that further, but I don't want to skip the line too much. Then, it gets better. We have Odyssey Jones getting called up. This motherfucker's nowhere near ready. Jinder Mahal. Alright, I get that. Indusheer. Yeah, I guess. Three-man faction. We need some more of those. Zoe Stark. I'm perfectly okay with this. Zoe did very well in the Royal Rumble. Um, Pretty Deadly. I knew that was coming because they slept with the fishes after the trunk match. And then they have Cameron Grimes. I forgot he still worked here. Same here. And I saw that. I was like, seriously? I was like, oh, fuck. I mean, 
he wasn't really doing much in NXT. He'd been out of action. For, I don't know if he was injured or if they just weren't using him for whatever reason, but he don't need to stay in NXT. Oh, and then it gets even crazier. They call up Grayson Waller, who didn't even get to touch the NXT championship. I did not know that. Yeah, they called up Grayson Waller. Raw SmackDown. SmackDown. Grayson Waller's on SmackDown, mm. which makes sense because the Miz is on Raw. That way, Raw can have Miz TV and SmackDown can have the Grayson Waller effect. The Grayson Waller effect. So that way, the talk shows don't have to intertwine unless there's an interpromotional pay-per-view somewhere and they decide to. And then, here's what's even crazier. We now have the Bloodline all on one show. We separate the Judgment Day and the LWO, pretty much killing that rivalry right there. So now, we don't know if or when or ever Dominic will get a victory over Rey Mysterio and then have a rubber match to determine who the best is, unless they decide to add a tag team match to Backlash with Finn Balor and Dominic Mysterio against Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar, and then maybe Dominic can pin Rey in the tag match, and then it's like, okay, now we need one more battle, and then Dominic can win that, or Rey can win that match depending on what they want to do. But you've now killed rivalries with this. And then apparently we put the Intercontinental title on Raw, the U.S. titles on SmackDown. And then just when I thought this shit couldn't get any more goddamn ridiculous, there's now another thing floating around called Free Agents. Have you heard about this? Y'all seen this? Yeah, I've seen it. For example, here are two call-ups that are free agents are Zion Quinn and Von Wagner. They, they've been called up. Also, you got Omos, Mustafa Ali, Dolph Ziggler. They are now free agents. You're beating somebody else. Who, who am I missing? Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense because he's yeah, a part-timer. He's always been a free agent as far as I'm concerned. Well, no, they drafted him to Raw one time, but it doesn't make sense to put him in the draft. Now, speaking of part-timers, what the fuck is true? Trish Stratus doing in the goddamn draft? Is she sticking around long term? Because if she's not, if she's leaving after this feud with Becky Lynch, why the fuck would you put her in the draft? Unless she plans on hanging around for a while, which, for the record, I'm all for that. I have no problem whatsoever with Trish Stratus being a part of the roster. I'm not against that. I love Trish. She's one of the all-time greats. But if she's not sticking around for the long haul, she has no business being in the draft. But here's the thing that bothers me. We have this thing called free agency, which for those who don't know, if you're a free agent, you can appear on both Raw and SmackDown. You can just bounce back and forth. So the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, has to stay on one show so we can create a paper championship, because that's exactly what that fucking thing is, a paper championship for the other show, but you have a jobber like Mustafa Ali, a misused talent like Dolph Ziggler, an NXT call-up like Von Wagner, and an overrated giant like Omos get to appear on both shows. One of two things has happened, ladies and gentlemen. Either Vince is involved in this draft, or Triple H has finally lost his goddamn mind, and he can't be trusted either. There's no way you can tell me one of those isn't the truth, because I need someone to explain to me how you can have a free agency, and yet your undisputed champion, who holds both titles, cannot go back and forth between Raw and SmackDown. That's who should be going back and forth. The only way this makes sense is if after Roman Reigns finally loses this fucking belt, it means he goes to SmackDown, and whoever takes it from him can go back and forth until they lose their belt. But even then, just have Roman be a free agent. He's pretty much a part-timer anyway, because of his limited schedule. And they say it's his limited schedule. They even made them create the World Heavyweight title, or as I call it, the Paper Championship, in the first place. Because I don't give a fuck 
Who wins that title at Night of Champions? You are a paper champion if you even sniff that title. You are a fake. You are a fraud. You are a pretender to the throne. This is like competing in a contest and saying, hey, sorry you didn't win the brand new car. Here's a coupon for a free milkshake on your next visit. That's basically what the fuck this belt is. It has no value of any kind. They're creating this because Roman has limited dates. When in reality, what you should do is either make Roman work more dates or take the fucking title off him. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, we, we don't want Roman to lose the belt yet because we want him to pass a thousand days. That's the hard-on that all the WWE marks have. We want to see Roman Reigns be champion for a thousand days. We want him to hold the title for the three-year anniversary. Or my personal favorite, Cody needs more adversity. Go fuck yourself. Seriously. You're still thinking Cody needs more adversity. You can suck my massive 12-inch cock. This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. This was stupid. Roman Reigns should be a free agent. Sami Zayn should be a free agent. Kevin Owens should be a free agent. For fuck's sake, they're the undisputed tag team champions. They have the gold. So what the fuck are we wasting time for? This is so fucking retarded. And then you have the women's tag team champions, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan, on Raw. They should be free agents because that title was meant to be defended on Raw and on SmackDown. Unless you want to create... Raw and SmackDown women's tag team champions, because you're living under the delusion the women's rosters are strong enough for that, they're barely strong enough to have singles champions. They need to unify those motherfuckers. This was literally the worst draft I've ever seen. And then there's the worst of them all. And then after this, we'll get into NXT. But I gotta get this off my chest. You put Roman on SmackDown. Already a bad decision. What the fuck is Cody doing on Raw? Now you're telling me that we can't finish this feud. Cody just got fucked at WrestleMania, and he doesn't get a chance to get the comeuppance and get the title that they stole from his father in the garden. Because now the big question is, are they going to put that world title on Cody? If they do, he's fucking buried. And I know a lot of people out there are looking at me like I'm stupid going, Vinny, how can Cody be buried? He's a world champion. Like I said, it's a paper title with no value, and it's not the belt that was stolen from his father in the garden. That's what the story is. Not just to be a champion. It's to get the title that was stolen from his father in the garden, which is what Roman Reigns is holding. He is holding the one true title. He is the one true champion. And the fact that they had to create a new title for everyone to fight over because they can't beat Roman Reigns just proves that Roman Reigns, and here's the hot take of the episode, Roman Reigns is now officially the greatest WWE champion of all time. They ask who it is. You've now got your answer. It's Roman Reigns. I don't care what legendary, iconic name you throw at me. We've now established it's Roman Reigns. Why? Because Roman is so dominant and so charismatic and draws so much money that rather than have him lose his title in a match, they create a brand new title for all the people who failed to beat him to fight him over and not even bother to take it from him. Why? Because he was champion for almost three years? Bruno San Martino was champion for eight. They never once considered creating a new champion. Bob Backlund was champion for six years. Never once did they create a new world champion. Hulk Hogan was champion four years. Never once was a champion created because they couldn't find anyone to beat him. You know what they did? They built up a credible star and then they finally beat him. Bruno was bested by superstar Billy Graham. Bob Backlund was bested by Big Daddy Cool D. And to top it all off, Hulk Hogan 
lost to Andre in that controversial match where the title was later vacated and they made a tournament for WrestleMania 4. So now, if Cody wants his revenge, there's only two ways he can do it. One, he has to win the money in the bank in July and cash it in on Roman. Because the briefcase lets you cash in anywhere. Or, we have to drag this out all the way to next year, have Cody win the Royal Rumble again, and face Roman and beat him at WrestleMania 40. So the question is, how much longer do we want Roman to be champion? Do you want to lose it at SummerSlam or next year's Mania? I don't know, Zach. How much longer can you wait? I can't wait much longer. I can't take it anymore. Can I say something now? A lot of these decisions were dumb as shit. I'll admit. But what I'm pissed off about everything since Lorraine still had not And now Cody Rhodes has to go against Brock Lesnar. I'm already calling it SummerSlam. Either it's going to be Cody or Roman or it's going to be Brock, Cody, and Roman. And I'm most likely Roman's going to retain. Brock, anyways, that's all I have to say. Are you much better now or you want to continue? Yeah, I said what I needed to say. This was fucking retarded. Now he's done. We please talk about the card? Sure. We're going to kick this off right now with the first official match of the evening for the NXT North American Championship. Wesley with Tyler Bate defends the title against Drew Gulak with Charlie Dempsey. Boring as shit. What about you? It was okay. I mean, it was a good opening match. At least it wasn't a world title. I was like, eh. But I'm tired of Wesley having the belt, but I'm also happy how it ended because, one, he doesn't need to lose it on free TV, and two, he does not need to lose it to Drew Gulak. That's my opinion. It was a good opening, high spucky bullshit match. Too many false finishes. I did not enjoy this. This whole card has sucked. Manny, go ahead. Your thoughts. Just, it's a Wesley match. So already, I'm not happy. I like Drew Gulak, and I would have much more preferred him over Wesley. There's so many people I prefer over Wesley. Uh, and the fact that there are people getting drafted to the main roster that deserve to take it from Wesley makes me nervous on, okay, who's finally going to take the belt off this spot monkey jackass? I like Charlie Dempsey. I feel like he deserves so much better than what he's getting. Obviously, I don't hate Tyler Bate, but I'm just sick of Wesley. I haven't been a fan all the way back to when he was in the MSK tag team. Um, still not a fan of him now. And the longer he holds that belt, the more it loses value because there's nothing special about Wesley. His skills are no different than any other flippy cruiserweight wannabe that steps foot inside a wrestling ring. Even his promos, I don't buy it. I'm not buying into Wesley and his bullshit. Well, I'm not really vibing with him, but I like his heart and I can respect for him that he's a face. He's got a good heart. I'll give him that. I respect him. You can have a good heart. That doesn't mean you're talented. Yeah, exactly. He does it good. He sucks, but he has my respect. I'm just saying, I'm not not here to judge his charity work. I'm here to judge wrestling. And on that note, we cut to the uh, in-ring segment with Trick Williams. Williams says he isn't going to let what happened with Braun Breaker last week slide. He won't lie. Breaker put his boy in the hospital, but he will bounce back. Trick and Mello go back all the way to high school. You know, Trick was, uh, you know, looking at all the girls and stuff, but also wanted to know who he was going to hang with, who he was going to ride with. And he said Mello was that guy. It isn't just about NXT. Williams says he took a spear from Breaker to save Hayes, and he would do it again. Mello don't miss, but when he does, he'll be there to grab the rebound. Breaker interrupts and says he doesn't want to represent these stupid people again, but he wants to embarrass Hayes in his hometown in front of his family. He says he'll see Hayes at Battleground, officially accepting his challenge. Breaker slaps William on the arm and walks away. Williams tells Breaker that he didn't forget that he put his hands on him last week. They need to settle this like men. Williams tells Breaker he's going to slap the tan off of him till he's black and blue. 
Breaker says he does what he wants when he wants. He'll take care of Williams next week on NXT. I actually enjoyed this. Did you? Yes. This- I, I, I'm like, I like Trick Williams. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, boys are going to do what he does in Vinny Bucci the Booch. In the ring, Trick Williams can fucking move. Can he not? Yeah, Trick Williams is great. Oh, fuck yeah, because he doesn't do that spot monkey bullshit, and he's a big dude, and that promo, they want to fight next week. I was like, you know what? Why don't you guys go ahead and uh, fight now? But the promo was good. Bomb Breaker came in out there. Oh, like, he's bringing fuck you heat. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, he did the heel thing. He's like, I'm not going to fight you now, but I'll fight you next week. And I like that because there's already too much on the card already. Everything's still kind of going loopy because of the fucking draft. So it makes sense to put this on next week. Give us a reason to tune in next week. Because right now we don't have one. Because like, like I said before, half the roster's fucking gone. That's going to be the weird thing next week is going to see, okay, who's left? that can make this show interesting, which I'll say this one quick thing because I forgot to mention this. A lot of these people who are free agents, they should just put them on NXT instead of making them free agents. Like, Raw and SmackDown didn't want them. Okay, send them back to NXT because then you have established talent on the NXT roster and you can A, use them to get ratings so people will be motivated to tune in and also use them to get the new talent over. And I don't just mean like jobbing, that'll be part of it, but also bringing out great matches in them. So they look good even in defeat. Give them experience with a veteran, with not just a wrestling veteran, but a veteran who understands the WWE playbook. A lot of these guys who come in here, some of them are homegrown talent who learned from the ground up in WWE. Others are guys who wrestled on the indies or other promotions in the past, and then they come to WWE, but now have to learn their playbook. So who better to teach? Bring Dolph Ziggler to NXT. He's already a former NXT champion. Bring Mustafa Ali. Bring his ass on down here. I'd be fine with that. Hell, bring Omos. I don't know what else he can do on the main roster. I'm just saying, you have options. We can work this. Whoever doesn't get drafted, bring them to NXT so we can restock the shelf with fresh talent that can make NXT watchable. Because if you take all the stars away, it's going to be tough to watch. That's going to be the challenge. But that's why I'm glad. Give us a reason to tune in next week. Breaker versus Williams, it's perfect. And Breaker's facing Carmelo at the pay-per-view. So having this on free TV is totally okay. Now, obviously, Breaker has to go over. That's the catch. With all due respect to Trick Trick, Breaker has to go over. Well, of course he does. You just make the match worth it. Don't make it a squash. Well, yeah, it's not going to be a squash. It should not be a squash at all. Yeah, if it's a squash, oh, Vinny, if it's a squash, um, I'll join up with you at the ramp. Yeah. Oh, my fucking But I'm saying, but Breaker has to go over to look good in the paper. Of course he does. And again, this is the one guy that was ready to be called up that didn't get called up. And I didn't get called up. That was strange as shit. I was like, okay, it's like, after after everybody you guys drafted, you did draft Braun Breaker? What the fuck? I mean, he already said he don't want to represent NXT anymore. He doesn't give a shit about the people. Why is he still here? What the fuck else is he going to do? He can't go for the North American Championship. He's too big for that. And I don't mean as in size, because anybody can be North American champion. I'm talking as far as star power. He's put himself in a position where the North American title is a step down. Yeah, for him, that would be a step down. I agree with you on that. And he doesn't have a tag team partner. He's the type of guy that doesn't need one. Yes, that's true. But my point is, he doesn't have a tag partner, so he can't go for the tag belts either. Question, who do you see teaming up with when to be a tag team champion? I have no fucking clue. That's the thing. I have no fucking clue who 
I would Ooh. team him up with. I'll say one, but you're going to call me a fucking idiot, but I'll go ahead and say it. Rog Wagner. That's not bad. Really? That's not a bad idea. Okay. They could be a team, and you could have Robert Stone as their manager. Now, granted, Breaker's good on promos, but still, it'd be a good faction to have together. Good tag team. All right. Do you think? Sorry about that. So, anyway, we got this match next week. We cut to the backstage area with Noam Dar, who interrupts J.D. McDonough. Dar asks him to pop something on Dragon Lee tonight for old time's sake. Dar doesn't want Dragon Lee anywhere near his Heritage Cup. McDonough tells Dar to buzz off. The only thing Dar cares about is the cup. That's probably why he's never given him a shot. If Dar isn't careful, McDonough will take the cup with him to Monday Night Raw. Um, can I ask you a question? Sure. In the rest of the business, what would you rather have? A participation trophy or a belt? Always a belt. Exactly. This Noah Dye guy with this uh, cup thing is really getting on my fucking nerves. Yes, it's it's a thing from NXT UK, and he fails to realize people in the States don't give a shit about a UK cup. We don't fucking care. I have a feeling that's a conversation for another day. Anyways, moving on. Yeah. So, JD is another guy getting called up to the main roster, and again, I ask, why? This is the same guy who in the Iron Survivor Challenge scored zero points. He is nowhere near ready to, for the main roster, and yet, he's getting called up. What the fuck? Instead every major reasons. match he's been in, he lost. Yeah, so why the fuck is he now ready for the main roster over Braun Breaker? I mean, is Breaker being punished because of Rick Steiner at WrestleCon? Is that what's going on here? Because it's starting to look that way. But anyway, that's another story for a variety show. Uh, but we'll move on here to the next match of the evening. Oh my fucking God. Gigi Dolan, one-on-one against JC Jane. They built this up, and this is how it ended. What the fuck? Okay, first and foremost, it should have ended, ended the way it did. Second and foremost, it should have happened on free TV. And third and foremost, for, we saw blood for some strange yeah reason this was confusing this was weird this should have happened at battleground and then not in a regular match in my opinion maybe in like in a, in a coffin match or a, um, a hardcore match between these two how good the psychology was and this is how it fucking ended come on this match was bullshit pissed me off and then go ahead the finish was very anticlimactic not the least bit exciting and i will say this match should have been at battleground this type of emotion this type of storyline you need to have the match culminate at a pay-per-view, not on free TV. Especially with the brother in the crowd and everything else. That's why this needed to be on pay-per-view. And it should have been like a no-holds-barred match or something to make it more violent and crazy. Something needed to be done here. Especially with the fact that there was uh, the issue with J.C. Jane getting busted open. And I'm still trying to figure out, did she get busted open hard way? Or did she blade for that spot? Um, Maybe she got uh, busted up from um, when the Gigi kept on kicking her head into the side steps. Yeah. Maybe that caused it. Or she could have bladed. So I don't know. Yeah, but I know WWE has a strict no-blading policy. So I don't think that's the case but i will say i love the fact that jc jane taunted the brother throughout the match and even towards the end while beating down on gg down by the floor and looking at her brother the whole time great heat great storytelling great way to get an emotion from the crowd um i just really really hate the fact this happened on free tv and i hope this culminates at the pay-per-view in some type of 
crazy match. It needs to be one of those special matches. No ladders. I mean, maybe like a no holds bar or something like that. That's what I That's think. That's what I happen. want to see. Yeah, no holds bar. Let these two foreign ladies, and both of them are great in the ring. And I was like, these two, no, no this, these is like in a maybe steel cage, a hardcore match. No fucking thumbtacks, please. Otherwise, than that, it, we'll see what happens. I understand. Agree with you on that. Go ahead. So what we have here um, after this is we move on to the next match of the evening. Fuck my life. Oh, fuck. We got fuck this. Scripps goes one on one against Axiom. Vinny, was this a wrestling match or a circus act? Oh, this was a three ring circus. <laughs> All right, I want to try to do the best I can here. I was like, kick, kick, flip, flip, false finish, false finish. But I have to admit, when um, Axiom did that um, human suplex on uh, Scripps, that was the only good spot. And everybody's poor little Scripps loses his mask, and everybody starts saying, Reggie, Reggie. Reggie, Reggie, if you didn't already know who the fuck that was, this match sucked. Many, your thoughts? First of all, we all knew a long goddamn time ago that was Reggie under that mask. Pretty much. Now, this was a spot fest from hell. Of course it was. But here's the part that really pisses me off. If you were going to end this with Scripps' mask coming off, why would you not... Put that on pay-per-view. Usually when someone removes a mask, it is normally done on pay-per-view. And this goes all the way back to WCW. Juventud Guerrero took his mask off on pay-per-view. Psychosis took his mask off on pay-per-view. Rey Mysterio in the Super Brawl 9 review that we did, if you want to check that out, WCW Super Brawl 9, that was the night Rey Mysterio took his mask off. And I'll bet some of you never knew he took his mask off in a match. Because back then, the internet wasn't as strong. And when he came to WWE, back then, not a lot of WWE fans watched WCW. It wasn't like today where everybody watches everything and everybody tries to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> Back then, you were either WCW or you were WWE, and if you were on the other team, fuck you. That's how the Monday Night Wars were. And when Rey Mysterio eventually went to WWE, he was able to put the mask back on, and unless you watch WCW, you weren't the wiser. Some of y'all have never seen him without his mask. I have. But either way, you could have booked this to where Axiom wins, Scripps grabs the microphone after that little slugfest, because Axiom wanted to shake his hand, but then Script punched him and everything else. Why not book a mask versus mask match at Battleground and sell some tickets? You could have did that. Oh, my God. Yeah, they should have done that. I, Whoever I, I loses has to take their mask off. Axiom goes over. Script takes the mask off. It's Reggie. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. We didn't even see Reggie's face. Yeah, that's because we figured it out the day he debuted. The mask didn't do a good job of hiding his face. We fucking knew it was him. This had about as much excitement and value as when Mr. America took his mask off and revealed he was Hulk Hogan. We already fucking knew he was Hulk Hogan the moment he came out. We all knew that was Hulk Hogan. We all fucking knew. It was entertaining because we knew. And we knew he was working around the fact that Vince had fired Hogan. So he signed a new contract as Mr. America to work around the loophole. We had good segments and feuds with that until finally it ended. But either way, this was fucking dumb. You took his mask off. The people at home can't see the face. 
and you didn't do much to zoom in on it. But again, why do this on free TV? Book a match for the NXT Battleground pay-per-view. Have Scripps take the mask off. Have a camera on him. Everybody at home going, holy shit, that's Reggie. It's Reginald. And instead of having the people in the NXT building that chants every fucking thing because they're all trained monkeys in there, do it in Lowell, Massachusetts. See if it gets over. Because if it gets over outside of the NXT bubble, then it's good. That was stupid. Stupid. What a bunch of crap. And then we cut to a bar where all is well with Briggs, Jensen, and Henley. Jensen tries to apologize to them again for everything that's happened, but they will have none of it. They say everything's water under the bridge. Jensen says he learned some things from Kiana James and proceeds to give Henley some solid advice on how to help her family bar financially. Later, two women come over and ask Jensen if he wants to have a drink with them. He says, no, thank you. Henley mentions that their little brother is growing up. Me? Eh. Eh. Okay, he apologizes. They're back together. Well, Brooks and Jensen need to put that crap behind them and go for the gold. Well, it wasn't it. Okay. I really did not care. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, this was a good segment because, you know, obviously, Brooks and Jensen are going to stay together, you know, and they kind of talk like brothers do when brothers fight and all that shit. But I also found it hilarious that he rejected the hot girls. Now, normally in this situation, you would go, dude, what the fuck? Why would you turn down the hot chicks? But any guy. I know after you've gotten out of a toxic relationship, the last thing you want to do is be around women. Even for some pussy, you ain't no. Sorry, I've been through some drama. I want to get the fuck away from women right now. The pussy ain't worth the drama that's attached to it. So I, I can't really fault Jensen for turning women down on this one. He just got out of a fucked up relationship. He just wants to be with his bros right now. Okay, yep. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Dragon Lee one-on-one against J.D. McDonough. Pop fest, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was back and forth. Too many false finishes. Problem with this match, everybody, this match went on too long. Yeah, I thought did. it was over with. I was like, I was like, oh my Jesus Christ, it's in this thing already. But J.D. McDonough went, and rightfully so. Why would he lose before he leaves NXT? which we still don't know why because he hasn't done anything. What's he going to do in, in, over in SmackDown? I don't know, but I thought this match was boring as shit and I'm, I'm glad it just went on too long. Many your thoughts? Yeah, ultimately, this match went on for way too long. And I think that's, you know, probably the issue. But like we said, he needed a win because he has to get called up. And Dragon Lee's not really doing much. I don't really give a fuck about Dragon Lee. To me, it's, it's another luchador spot monkey who has to do flips and tricks because he can't work any other way. I could give a fuck less about Dragon Lee, but apparently Noam Dar cared enough to interfere in the match, causing Dragon Lee to super kick him and all that shit. And what made this even worse was that after the match was over and JD is selling Celebrating his victory as he's about to leave and get called up. Dragon Lee does a suicide dive to Noam Dar and fights him up the ramp. That pissed me the fuck off. And the reason that pissed me off is because I am a firm believer. If someone hits you with your finish, you do not get up. And if you do, you are slowly getting up and selling the fact that you just got hurt. JD just dropped Dragon Lee with his finish, and now all of a sudden he's energized and ready to battle Noam Dar up the ramp. That didn't need to happen. Dragon Lee could have been left laying in the ring, 
JD could have celebrated with the crowd briefly and then walked to the back kind of staring down Noam Dar as he's walking up and then all of a sudden Noam looks back at the ring Dragon Lee gets up and stares him down and then starting next week you could then start to set up a feud between Dragon Lee and Noam Dar and they can fight for the Heritage Cup and all that shit but the fact that Dragon Lee just got up from that finish JD went from looking like a badass to a pussy in the span of like 10 seconds and on that note we move on to the next match of the evening we got a special match here we got Joe Gacy with the schism versus Joe Coffey with Gallus actually I enjoyed the living hell out of this did you? yes yeah the only match of the night that was actually worth watching because all the other matches suck <laughs> but this right here was good this was not really a hot fight but just two mm. big dudes that just going out of gate off the top rope they use takedown punches and kicks and suplexes not too many false finishers is um but what the kicker is is how they won uh what's the lady's name again abarain right yeah Abarain was taunting Joe Coffey and Josh says she fell down like he hit me he hit me and then and the ref goes like what the hell and Joe Gacy hit his finisher one two three I go like touche I was very impressed with this it was a good start and a good finish the only thing that's actually decent out of this whole fucking night now what's important to note here is that Joe Gacy had to win this match in order for the Dyad to get a tag team title shot because if he lost then the Dyad could never challenge for the belts again as long as Gallus is holding the belts. So that was the major thing that was on the line here. And the only negative thing I have to say is that this tag title match is happening next week. <sighs> I wish they would have dragged this out till Battleground, but I happened to notice afterwards they cut to Diamond Mine in the back and Ivy Nile said she was sick of Ava always interfering and then she just storms off camera. To be honest, I was expecting her to come out to the ring. I'm expecting her to confront Ava and maybe they have a one-on-one -on -one match. And it could be something where if Ivy Nile wins, then the Creed brothers get the winner of that tag match because obviously you don't want to make this a triple threat again because that's a fucking waste of time. And then if Ava wins, then the Creed brothers don't get a title shot if Dyad wins the titles and as long as they're champion, they can't get a shot. We can do that, a one-on-one -on -one woman's match. I'd love to see that, especially since we I've yet to see Ava wrestle in a ring and I think it's about time she does. Especially with the, you know, all the call-ups that are happening, we can use more women wrestling in the ring. Plus, I want to see how good The Rock's daughter really is. Okay. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Danny Palmer goes one-on-one -on -one against Tatum Paxley. Boring as shit. I really don't give a fuck. I couldn't really watch this match because the website I was using, guys, kept on buffering every five seconds. So, Vinny, take this one, please. Um, This was an okay match. I mean, obviously, Danny Palmer still has a lot to learn, but she showed in this match that she definitely has potential to be great. And Tatum Paxley was a great opponent for her. They worked very well together in the ring. And this is a good intro for Danny Palmer, especially since she got the win. So I can't give a yes or no on whether or not I think she's a, a future women's champion. But I saw enough in this match to make me want to see her again and judge slowly. Otherwise, here, I thought this match was boring as shit. Anyways, moving on. Anyway, we're going to cut to the next segment here. We got at Chase U, Thea Hale is freaking out in class because Andre Chase canceled class for the day. Hudson decides he's going to teach the class today. He says he isn't prepared for this, pulls out a folder that says Duke Hudson University on it. 
A student asks if there is going to be a pop quiz today. Hudson tells everyone to rip up their tests. No more tests that chase you. The students cheer. Hudson mumbles to himself that Duke Hudson University has a ring to it. There's already a Duke University. You know this, right? Yes. And I'm pretty much saying he's still in a gimmick. Anyways, I thought this was okay. I was like, unless Duke Hudson's about to take over, I think. So we'll see what happens. Just tear up those no more pop quizzes. I was like, we could only have a teacher like that back in the kids, right, Vinny? Yes. Remember the pop quizzes? Nobody enjoyed doing a pop quiz. Oh, mm. fuck no, we didn't. I mean, let's see what happens here. I'm kind of sick and tired of Duke Hudson doing this comedy thing. He needs to get back in the ring and beat Duke mm-hmm. Hudson. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but let's see what happens. Ultimately, the big question is, is this the beginning of Duke Hudson eventually turning on Andre Chase? Because that's the thing we've been looking at ever since Duke Hudson joined Chase U. We've been waiting for the moment where he turns on everybody and he becomes a heel and we realize he played everybody. But every time we thought the heel turn was coming, we as fans got swerved and Duke Hudson showed his loyalty to Andre Chase. So now the question is, is he going to try and take over the school and kick Andre Chase out? Or is Andre going to snap, kick Duke Hudson out, and he becomes the heel? So that's what we need to figure out here. Who's going to be the face? Who's going to be the heel? Is they're going to be a double turn. We have no fucking idea. But I will say we need to shit or get off the pot with this storyline. Either pull the trigger or don't pull the trigger. But either way, this cat and mouse game has gone on way too fucking long. We'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, I agree with you, sir. I agree with you. We'll see what happens. So he does need to turn on him or keep on doing what they're doing. All right. What do you think? Next, we cut to the backstage area where Mr. Stone continues to try to get Von Wagner to open up. Come across a photo of a child that looks like they just had surgery. Mr. Stone asks if that is Wagner. Wagner refuses to answer and walks away. Most likely that is Von Wagner, and we'll find out here soon enough. At least Von Wagner's opening up to Mr. Stone. Okay, let's we'll see where this goes, because this makes no sense. It doesn't make sense to me either, and here's the issue I'm having. Why is this continuing to be a thing when Wagner's already pretty much leaving NXT? He's a free agent, can go to either Raw or SmackDown. So unless that free agency allows him to stay in NXT, there's no reason for this shit to continue. You might as well just kill it. What's the fucking point? Hey, I'm not doing the writing or the booking. On that note, we move on to the final match of the evening for the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn defend the titles against Caden Carter and Katana Chan. I don't know what to think of this because I like these both these tag teams. I really want to do both equally mm-hmm. as well. Caden Carter could kind of chance and Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. These ladies actually did do a good job. Mm-hmm. It was a good match, was it not? I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Here's the issue. Both these teams are talented. And this match was great. But the problem is, both of these teams, all four of these women, are leaving NXT. So this match was a waste of fucking time. I'm sorry, but it was. I don't care who's in it. I don't care how talented the women are. Starting next week, we're never going to see these women on NXT again. They're gone. Alba and Isla going to SmackDown. Hayden and Katana going to Raw. First of all, neither one of these teams should have been in the draft. Because Caden and Katana ain't shit. I'm sorry, they're not. They're a glorified jobber tag team. That's all they are. Alba and Isla are the tag champions. They should have never been drafted. But if you were going to draft them, you might as well have had Caden and Katana stay in NXT and take the belts. Let them be champs for a while and then have them drop it to another team. So now either way, these belts are gone. So one of two things has to happen. 
Either A, Shawn Michaels is going to strip them of the belts and hold the tournament to crown new women's tag team champions, or they're taking the belts there and they're going to have to come back to Battleground to defend them and drop them there. Maybe Shawn might do some contractual thing to make them compete, or they just go up there and fuck it and strip them of the belts and then let the belts sit in a corner until the next Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic and crown new women's tag team champions for that. I don't know. I know at some point this year, the Dusty Classic needs to happen. I think, I, I don't know when it happens. Like, I don't know. Has it happened in the summer? Like, what is it? Like the summertime? I think so, yeah. So have them do that. But either way, you shouldn't have done this. It was stupid. This match had no meaning because we're losing both these women and we're losing the women's tag belts. Now, if you like to get rid of them completely, by all means, I think the women having tag team titles is stupid because I don't think the women are strong enough to even have that type of division. Again, they're trying, they're giving the women too much credit here. Their rosters are not strong enough to have more than one championship in them. It's even on the main roster. It's a pain in the ass. NXT, it's an even bigger pain in the ass. On that note, we cut to. Apollo Crews showing respect to Trick Williams because we got to mention this. Apollo Crews is going to Monday Night Raw. Here's my question. Why? Knew that was coming. He fucking bombed on the main roster. Why would you send him back? Am I supposed to think it's now going to be better? For Christ's sake. You called him up and a month later he was jobbing in the fucking Miz. Which was a fucking embarrassment because Apollo Crews has a better body than the Miz. And is a better wrestler than the Miz. The only advantage Miz ever had over Apollo was promos. But Apollo's gotten better at that. So why put him on the main roster? He's going to get lost in the sauce. That was dumb. But anyway, we cut to final segment of the night. We have NXT Women's Champion Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell comes to the ring on crutches and is wearing a boot. Hartwell puts over the women who came before her to build the NXT Women's Division. Hartwell tells the story of how she got to the NXT Women's Championship. She wanted to be a fighting champion. The high ankle sprain she suffered during a title defense last week wasn't enough to keep her away. She had to win last week, and she did. Most important thing is NXT. Starting next week, there will be a tournament to crown a new women's champion, and the new champion will be crowned at Battleground. Before she goes to Monday Night Raw, she wants to leave us with a quote she lives by. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Hartwell stares at the NXT Championship or setting it down in ring. Hartwell now wonders out loud how she's going to get out of the ring. Dexter Loomis slides from under the ring, gives Hartwell a thumbs up. Loomis carries Hartwell backstage. Back in the ring, Tiffany Stratton picks up the championship. Cora Jade hits the ring and the two play tug of war with it. Lyra Valkyrie appears out of nowhere and clotheslines them both. The NXT women's locker room empties and everyone fights. I thought this was actually pretty charming. What about you? I liked it up until the brawl. I enjoyed the brawl-ish. I don't know why I was there, but I thought it was irritating. It's like, thank God it's finally fucking over. Promo with her on her crutches with her swing leg. And I don't like the fact she's getting dragged because she just won that title. But she's also going to Raw with Dexter Loomis. So they need to do so with Dexter and um, Eddie Hartwell. Please, after she, of course, recovers from her injury because that actually looks like a shoot. Otherwise, unless I thought it was actually pretty good at any segment. The brawl, it was just, it was there. It was entertaining. It was like the last 45 seconds of maybe a filler, but otherwise, I enjoyed that. After all, this whole card has sucked except for one match. Otherwise, that, Kenny, your thoughts? I loved Indy's segment. I enjoyed it immensely. The promo, even that quote, it almost made me cry. And again, I stand by my statement. If you were going to call her up, why not just have her drop the title last week in the triple threat match? Why would you have her leave the belt in the middle of the ring? Which I hate when that happens. I feel like you should... 
it's like Macho Man used to say, win them in the ring, lose them in the ring. That's my philosophy. Now, obviously, in her situation, she has the high ankle sprain. So at least she has a valid reason other than being called up to forfeit the women's championship. And then, of course, she leaves the belt in the middle of the ring, and Dexter carries her off, and they zoom in on the belt. I thought that whole tug-of-war thing was fucking stupid. There was no reason to do that. You could have just ended it right there, and then starting next week, then you could have all the women coming out and staking their claim to the championship. Or hell, you could have Tiffany Stratton hold the belt in her hand and have that go off the air as well, because as I mentioned before, if they knew in advance they were going to call up Indy Hartwell, Tiffany Stratton should have already won the title because she is insanely over as a heel she definitely has what it takes to be a dominant champion she's great in the ring she's perfect to dethrone indy hartwell but of course the question now is who does deserve to be the new nxt women's champion because i can tell you right now amari miller is not even close to being ready uh obviously as i mentioned before ava hasn't even wrestled yet so at least not on tv so there's no way she's ready for it cora jade i don't want to see her with it because i'm not a fan uh danny palmer she just had her debut match so she doesn't deserve it yet electra lopez she definitely deserves it after the way she got fucked over with that legato del fantasma call up she should be in the lwo right now Everything Zelina Vega is getting, Electra should be having. So I definitely want to see her with a belt. Fallon Henley, maybe. She's on the right track. Gigi Dolan, gotta endorse her, most definitely. Ivy Nile, I could see her being champ. JC Jane, I could see her being ready, especially with the streak that she's been on. Kiana James, maybe, not quite. Lash Legend, definitely. Lyra Valkyra, don't think she's quite ready yet. Uh, don't want to see Miko Satomura with the belt. I don't care how legendary she is. I'm done with the Japanese gibberish. Nikita Lyons, would love to see her with it. Roxanne Perez, fuck no. Sol Ruka, she's not ready yet. Stevie Turner, she's not ready yet. Tatum Paxley, not even close. Thea Hale, too much of a joker. Not doing that. Tiffany Stratton, most deserving out of everybody I've mentioned thus far. Uh, Valentina Faraz, jobber. Wendy Chu, <laughs> I would love to see her have it just to see Gator lose his fucking mind. And then there's Ulisa Leon. She is nowhere near fucking ready. But hopefully we'll see what happens with the tournament. And if they make the right decision, then I'll be okay with it. All right, that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next one. I definitely will be there. I, I will be. No problem. All right. And make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcast. Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Check out our latest episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment. Uh, we got one for the uh, WrestleMania, and we're going to be doing one with our predictions for WWE Backlash, which will be playing this Saturday or coming out this Saturday on Peacock. So we'll have a review before the show on the Facebook page let you know our predictions for WWE Backlash. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get these tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, I got some videos coming up for the YouTube channel very soon. I just gotta work out some stuff. As you guys know, I've had tech issues and a few other things. Um, 
that we're dealing with. But rest assured, we are going to get everything fixed and out to you guys very, very soon. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. So make sure you guys join us for the biggest party of the summer. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle. Another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we have the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99 per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since all the peak, I got able to put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network and unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. The option of paying with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, Say keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.